Welcome back to We Love Books Con podcast. And today we are walking through some December books for you to love. And since everyone knows that it's Christmas time, I thought we would start off with some Christmas themed books. You ready to dive in? Let's go. Our first book up is Something New that is by B. Ivy Woods. And she writes about a jilted bride and an overwhelmed banker from New York who are about to embark on the adventure of a lifetime that neither of them saw coming. Sometimes love happens at the most unexpected times and places. That is her quick descript for something new. The next book up is Giving Tree. That's by Philippa Nefri Clark. The Giving Tree, which is a heartwarming Christmas mystery. Christmas is a time of giving, but one person wants to take it all away. Christmas is here and Charlotte has every intention of making it the best one ever for the residents and shops of Kingfisher Falls. After the success last year of the bookshop's giving box, she's roped 11 other traders into joining her Giving Tree project. But somebody wants the project to fail. And they are quick to blame a recently returned down-on-their-luck local when some of the gift cards go missing. For those who enjoy some inspiration with your holiday read, you can check out The Winter Reunion, The Winter Wedding, and The Winter Baby, which are all part of a three-book series by Rhonda McKnight called The Restoration Series. I'm not going to read everything to you from those book descriptions. Let's just say it involves a reclusive journalist whose first time being intimate was recorded and went viral on YouTube, an NFL running back, and how their love reunites or maybe not. You have to check out the details for yourself. The next book is Wrapped Up With You, which is about, again, holiday love, when a cocky financial genius, Rafael Cruz, is forced to partner with his snarky office rival, Phoebe Hollingsworth, to land a prestigious new client, nothing goes as planned. That is the quick intro to Wrapped Up With You. Then we have Christmas of Love, written by Aaron Wright. Austin Bishop doesn't want a lot for Christmas. He especially isn't looking for love. But romance shows up anyway in the form of the most beautiful curvy redhead he's ever seen. This is a Long Valley romance novel, and I believe it's considered a Western romance. Our next book you might want to check out is All I Want for Christmas is a Reaper. (laughs) So if you like a little paranormal with your Jingle Bell time reading, check out All I Want for Christmas is a Reaper by Liana Brooks. Meredith Christmas has the world's most Grinchest job ever. She is on the audit team of Markham and Sloan that goes in 
evaluates every worker's ROI, that's return on investment for those of us who are not analytically and business minded, and hands out the pink slips just in time for the winter holidays. And this darling, she loves it. Well, like a modern day Scrooge, she waltzes through Chicago handling the finances of the biggest names in business. That's the introduction to All I Want for Christmas is a Reaper. There are some supernatural aspects, but you have to check the book out to find out what they are. And then the next book is The Boardwalk by the Sea, Winter Whimsy. It's a warm-hearted story that made Karen Clark feel all wintry and Christmassy, according to the website for the author, who is Georgina Troy. Zip up your Puffer coat, winter has arrived when Lexi Davies discovers that her father has sold the fishermen's cottages she runs as Holiday Let's and where she also lives. She is heartbroken. Then Oliver Whimsy arrives at the boardwalk and announces that he is the new owner. And Lexi realizes that the future she was looking forward to enjoying at her cottages is over. That is the brief introduction to The Boardwalk by the Sea, Winter Whimsy by Georgina Troy. Our next book is Frozen Cowboy. Now, what I love about this book by Braley B. Parkinson is it has a beautiful cover. And what are we going to see about this book? Because where is the synopsis? Okay, thank you. <laughs> a powerful businesswoman, a yak farm, and a down-on-his-luck cowboy collide in a mountain town. That is the introductory information about Frozen Cowboy by Braley B. Parkinson. We also have Christmas Cloches and Corpses, a ghostly fashionista mystery. In the ghostly fashionista mystery series in its book number three. Bodies are dropping like gumdrops off a gingerbread house. Max's nephew Dwight is in a nursing home, but instead of the holiday season being a time of goodwill, several of Dwight's friends have died under mysterious circumstances. Is the facility merely suffering a run of bad luck or is there something sinister going on? This book is by Gail Leeson, and if you like a little gloom and doom with your holiday cocoa when you're reading your tomes, check out Christmas Cloches and Corpses, a ghostly fashionista mystery. For those who don't want to read about the jingle bells or hear about the sleigh bells ringing, you should check out Tracy Cooper Posey. She is an author that I was recently introduced to through an author group that I'm a part of, and she's also a fellow INTJ. I think she's the bee's knees, and I think if you are looking for a little romantic suspense, maybe a contemporary romance, you should check out her starter library. You can find it at tracycooperposey.com. There you will receive access to Dangerous Man, Worlds of Wonder, and A Family Affair. You can download them from her website, from the bookstore of your choice. These are the December books 
we here at We Love BooksCon hope you find you might fall in love with. If you do, be sure to shout us out on Twitter at We Love BooksCon or on Instagram. We really love to hang out on Pinterest. Find out how to get in touch with us on any social media platform by looking up We Love BooksCon. If you're looking for the links to the books that you heard in the description, check out the We Love BooksCon podcast playlist on YouTube or look for our Pinterest board under We Love BooksCon. There will be a link to each book there. Next up, you will be able to enjoy our awesome author interview for this week's podcast episode. Thanks for listening and connecting with us over our love for books online. It's Shawnita. It is the host of the We Love Books Con podcast, and we are here today with author and fellow book lover. Hopefully, I do not mess this name up. All the listeners know I'm not good with names. Anyway, Genesis <laughs> Kemp. I'm going to skip the middle name because that's the one I was concerned about messing up. Okay. So, Genesis, say your middle name for me. Amaris. Okay, it, that's, that's what I thought, but I didn't want to be wrong. Genesis Amaris Kemp is an author, and she is here with us today to discuss her lovely book, as well as her love for books. So, Genesis, why don't you just start off with telling us the name of your book and when it came out? The title of my book is Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. From the Pit to the Palace, and it came out on May 27th. Of 2020? Yes. Well, kudos to you for having just the gumption and, <laughs> and the candor <laughs> to release the book in the middle of the pandemic. That is no easy task. Um, yes, that is, that is wonderful. And I, I commend you for doing so. We, I'm, I'm a published author. Uh, that is one of the, yeah, that is one of um, the ways I love books. I started as a reader, as we most of us do, and one of the things that has been um, impacted heavily is the book industry by the pandemic. So, kudos to you for dropping that book in the middle of everything. That's awesome. So, chocolate drop. You, it, as you may have seen, if you're watching this on YouTube, or if you saw the image of her lovely face, depending on how I design the podcast picture, she is a chocolate drop. She's super pretty. She has this beautiful chocolate skin. And so her book cover is pretty blue, nice, different hues. And there is this one little chocolate drop in the middle of these people in corporate America. So um, tell us about what inspired you to write this book. Well, to be honest, it was actually frustration that pushed me to writing my book because I got tired of hearing so many Blacks or African Americans, the PC way, talk about, oh, they're not doing us right, or, you know, it's not fair, or, you know, we're underpaid, and I'm like, okay, what are you going to do about it? So it's like we're talking it, we're talking about it amongst ourselves, but then whenever it comes time for you to put your actions to, you know, walk out your actions and put your actions in play, I don't see anything. I can't, I don't even see us coming together, and I feel like that's a problem in the Black community. Like, we're so big to, like, you know, want to pop off and jump off whenever something goes wrong, but when it's time for us to come together in solidarity, 
we can't even come together because we're so busy competing with one another versus being, you know, versus being able to complement each other for the assets that we bring to the table. So um, after I had received a performance review, I heard my supervisor tell me, oh, I don't think that you could compete professionally. Although I was doing the work of a professional in her group for three years. Wow. She told me I wasn't going to get a salary treatment for two years and that I wasn't going to be able to go to another team because I was like, okay, fine. Well, maybe this group is not for me. I would you know, rather go to a different team where I know my work will speak for itself. And, you know, it's the good old boy click whenever you're working in corporate America. And my industry per se is, you know, oil and gas and energy. So it's very conservative, very redneck, very, um, um, the words, the words, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just very different it feels restrictive and yes. uh, prohibitive and limiting yes and when there's not a lot of people that look like you you could only imagine how how you feel and how you're perceived so after I heard that I literally whipped out my phone and I wrote down the words in my notes app chocolate drop in corporate America and I wrote a few sentences and I left it alone I forgot about it but it wasn't until I went to a local church here in Houston where I met another author and it was just something about her persona that just really had me drawn to her and like she made her own schedule like she was traveling like she was doing things with her kids like she wasn't she wasn't clocking in to nobody's um time clock she wasn't you know going to nobody's schedule or anything so i was like oh what 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 does she do and so i didn't really know so i just approached her i said hey my name is my name is so and so i just you know i just heard you from across the room not trying to be nosy but i was just (laughs) I was just wondering if I could just know a little bit more about you and she told me she was an author and she told me uh, some other things that she was doing we exchanged numbers and then I think I left I let maybe a few weeks or a month go by because I didn't want to be stalkerish then finally I reached out <laughs> I was like hey can you meet me at Starbucks for some coffee I really want to you know explore some more So it was in that conversation at Starbucks where I knew it was confirmation that I needed to write my book. And I'm a very spiritual person. So I knew that God was speaking to me because it literally felt like the Mary and Elizabeth experience because my book was like my baby. And whenever she was talking to me, it's like I just felt that supernatural kick. Like my baby was like, boom, (laughs) boom, And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, Jesus, I hear you. Okay, I'm a, I'm a rock with you. <laughs> and everybody that, that knows me knows I'm a firecracker. I love to have fun. So if you read the book, you'll definitely get some laughs in there too. <laughs> awesome. Well, laughs, books with laughs are always a plus. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, this would not be the first book that frustration or the, the need to release frustration or emotion or process through something this will not be the first time that that was the impetus for how a book was written so you were at this review in this very um male-dominated 
more traditional conservative in this industry and you were told these things and then you wrote this book over how much time in two months actually okay cool before this were you a big are you a big reader or is it have there been just several books that really outside of the bible because clearly the bible is a big, you know, important book if you're a spiritual person and your faith is in Christ. So any other books that have really like made an impact on you? So I like this one book by Mitch Albom, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. I think that's so cute. Um, uh, not a secular book, Think Like a Lady, Act Like a Man. That really helped me whenever I was trying to land my man, which is now oh, my no. husband. <laughs> Lord, I, had to, <laughs> I had to get some tips because I had came out of a bad relationship and I was like, I don't want to be no chirp chirp girl. I don't want to be a sports fish. I want to, I don't want to bring <laughs> What is a chirp chirp girl in a, did you say a sports fish? Yeah, a sports fish. Like it's, <laughs> it's that one that you, that you catch, but you throw it back. The chirp chirp is like, okay, you, you could click your your um your key lock your key fob like chirp chirp. <laughs> I'm like, okay, she's there for a minute. Like, <laughs> are are these in the Steve Harvey book? Yes. Uh, see, I I and I, I watched have, the movie too. Now I saw the movies because, well, <laughs> did you see the men in the movie? I had to watch that movie. Oh yes, Michael Ealy, because he is fine. He's somebody's husband now, but he was very single back then, and I was very happy to look upon him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Um, and then I love a good comedy, and I saw Kevin Hart, and I knew there would be some funny. So, mm -hmm. But while I applaud and do respect um, Mr. Harvey's um, work ethic and his success, I'm not a fan. So I did read the book. <laughs> like, so that's why I was like, "What's a church hurt girl in a sports fish?" I figured it was. That sounded like something he would say. I used to listen to his radio show off and on, and that's how I knew I would not read the book. But um, I'm glad it worked out for you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh no, no tea, no shade. Everything's not for everybody. Yeah. The beautiful mm -hmm. thing about having so many books is that there are so many books. You can find the person who speaks to you and you can find someone who writes in a way that it resonates with you. But that doesn't mean that your writing will resonate with everyone or that everyone's writing will resonate with you. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Cause so. it's like, know your tribe, know your audience, know yes. who's for you and know who's not for you. Right, and that's okay. You know, everyone's got, there are the readership for every book. I'm just not his readership. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. And I knew that. But I loved his comedy back in the day. I did. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. a very big King of Comedy fan. So, But I knew from his radio show, I was like, nah, partner, I don't need to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that is funny. Chirp Chirp Girl and a Sports Fish. I say. Okay. Any other favorite books? <laughs> any other favorite books? Goodness. There's a, a a book that I read called Boundaries. It was mainly a forced read because back then I was um, going to school Bible college. So that was one of the books that we had to read. So I read it here and there and it was really good on like knowing what healthy boundaries are for you 
and how to keep those boundaries because I'm the type of person that I'm very given and sometimes like I was just giving too much and I felt burnt out but then if I would tell somebody no I felt bad but now I can just tell you straight up straight up no and not give you a reason why I'd be like nope nah nope 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 ain't doing it yeah yeah (laughs) I'm the same I'm a I'm a natural giver Mm -hmm. um and uh my foster dad had to help me with that he was like you don't know how to tell people no I was like I mean if I can do it why not do it he was like you need to learn how to tell people no And before he passed away, I had learned how to tell people no. Matter of fact, now I'm too good at it. Now I tell people no all the time. And I'll be like, hmm. Oh, well. And then, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that, I is that the one that, it's a, it has a pencil on the front, the boundary? Yeah, book? and it's red. The letters yes. are red. Yes. Yeah, I'm familiar yes. with that. I recommended that book to, I've recommended that book to several people mm-hmm. that I know who, you know, who needed help with that very giving, very easily um, taken advantage of before the book. So, awesome. Yeah, I've heard that. Oh, I'm vibing on a book. Hey, Hey, that's what we love books, Kai. It's all about (laughs) connecting over books online. Yeah, I love books. So, let's get back to this chocolate drop. Yes. Did you see the cover? Did you see the cover? Oh, okay. See, now this will make the YouTube video. Yes. I love a good cover pick. I have seen the cover. I described it earlier. Remember the blues and the yellows yeah. and the very well, very professionally done. Thank you very much for a beautiful cover. So have you had any feedback or any um, experiences that were prompted because of the book, like reader feedback or associates or other African-American professionals who have, who have had the book resonate with them? Yeah, so I have this good um, friend, D.Moon. He'll be excited to hear that. I plugged his name. His daughter is um, an author, and she wrote her book, her first book at 12 years old, The Rules of a Big Boss. So (laughs) he read my book, and he was like, you know what? When I was reading your book, I just couldn't, I just could not put it down. And it was exactly you know, my story of what I experienced in corporate America. And he told me about an incident that he has going on right now. Um, And he said, you know what, it actually helped me jumpstart to write in my book because I've been putting it off, putting it off, but it took you to the fire starter to get me to wanting to pick up that pen and write my book again. And I was like, yes. I love that. That is Because that's the impact that I want to make because like I tell people like the book is not just for for me. It's for people who are coming besides and behind me future generations, as well as maybe those older African American people as well as those who aren't minorities that want to, you know, let their voice be heard that want, you know, that push you know, to help them ignite their passion and fuel their purpose again, you know, to let them know, okay, it's okay to share your story. It's okay to be unapologetically you. It's okay. Because when we share our stories and testimonies, it's like it's breaking the chains and bondage of someone else that was locked up emotionally, mentally, and physically. Awesome. That is true. That is also scripturally based. So yes. Um, so you had some people that have been inspired to write their own book and how about anyone else who's read it and been, um, 
able to find some solace or to work through some things with their own experience in corporate America. And yes. are you still in corporate America? Yes, I'm still in corporate America until I um, make my solid proof plan where I could, you know, leave and do this full time, like my book, podcasting, maybe some, you know, some paid speaking events because, you know, I still have student loans. Hey, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, some, uh, many of us do. God bless the ones who don't. I've met a few people who don't. You can see it on them. It's like, that's beautiful. I'm almost going to be done soon. Thank you, Jesus. That is awesome. I just started. So, oh gosh, I I've already my paid. Degree. <laughs> oh wow, well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Every time I go submit a payment, I was like, oh my gosh, I have paid $32,000 so far. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's more than a notion. However, it, I think, I still think that it's um, worth it, even though the merits of education are being questioned and things of that nature, because, um, the promised, you know, pie in the sky. Oh, if you work hard, it's not as easy to ascertain success as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I still think it's absolutely worth it. Then again, I also went into an area and a field that has, you know, prolonged sustainability. So that helps. So. What field? Uh, technical communication. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tech writing. Yep. Pretty yeah. in demand. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but we can that's a different topic for yes. this. And I do have an interview with um a, a mom who wrote about how to help kids get into school and get into college and not pay for the first two years. Ooh, that's like, good. I think she said it was only twenty five hundred and you basically start as a junior and are able to enter with uh with credits to complete just your major courses. Which, oh, I wow. boss. which I mean it's a way to do that but the way she talked about it is not very well known so yeah. and I needed her to pull up about four years ago back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I was um I was blessed like I said I I found I found my way through school I, I took the 21 year route so yeah to get my degree so. <laughs> hey as long as you got it and that's what matters. And and you're paying yours off. Like, what? Do you know how amazing that is? You're about to pay your loans off? Dude, that's amazing. Ooh, and your you book sales are helping. Well, I haven't used my book sales for that. <laughs> but <laughs> No, but that's in your, your solid plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I want to take this book worldwide. And one of my missions is to not only just take this book into corporate settings and really teach on IND, inclusion and diversity, as well as equality and equity, because E squared is very important to the IND. Um, but I also want to take it into the school systems because while kids are young and while they are open to various learning possibilities. I want to let them know, okay, what does inclusion and diversity looks like? And I want them to see, you know, the difference between what do you want to be when you grow up and who do you want to be when you grow up? Because when looking back, whenever I was younger, so many times you hear people ask you, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? But they never ask you, who do you want to be when you grow up? And I think that's a very important, more so than the what, because the what is a label that's placed on you. The what is what keeps you in confinement. The what is what keeps you boxed in. But who is like, okay, 
who do I want people to see me as? Like, how am I going to be perceived? What is my purpose? Am I walking out my purpose? Am I living out my destiny? And, and you address all of those in Chocolate Drop in corporate America? Uh, well, bits and pieces. Okay. So, <laughs> so the next book. <laughs> yes, book number two. Um, but the main thing I really do address is like my personal struggles, like how I overcame, you know, going from the bottom of the totem pole as an administrative assistant and working my way up to a compliance coordinator now, but it wasn't easy. And, you know, yes, you have to play politics, like you have to go the extra mile, especially whenever you look like like me, but what people never tell you is don't wait for someone to give something to you. Be that advocate for yourself. Let your voice be known and take ownership of your career. Because I always tell the younger people, closed mouths don't get fed. So if you stay there and you think, oh, if I work really hard, they're going to promote me. If I just do this, this and that, I'm going to excel. Look, no, that's not the case. Like you have a lot of nepotism in the workforce. You have a lot of sexism. You have a lot of favoritism, and then you have, you know, those good old boy clubs, the cliques and whatnot, and then you have those people who are out there just wilding out, doing something strange for a piece of change, and I knew that was not going to be me. And I put I put that little part in the book, doing oh, doing something strange for a piece that of change. That is not my first time hearing it. <laughs> I just never heard about it in a corporate America setting. I've been in corporate America for 25 plus years, and... Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something strange for a piece of change in corporate America. I, but I'm also a head down, get the work done kind of girl, and you know, so I don't. And I, and you know, I, I don't have the same. I haven't had the same experiences. Not that I haven't experienced uh, discrimination. I just haven't had the same experiences. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Which, which is understandable. But so then you could ask questions, say, okay, what was that like for you, or et cetera. Right. So that's, so it's good eye opening whenever you're talking to someone who doesn't have the same experiences because you could really truly dialogue about it and, you know, learn from one another. Absolutely. And I, I have friends and, um, you know, I know people who've been discriminated against, but I haven't, like, I personally haven't had that, you know, like happen, not to where I wasn't given raises and not to where I wasn't promoted um, I had the opposite happen. <laughs> I would be somewhere and they would be planning my whole future and I'd be like, hey, no, <laughs> I don't want to stay with your company. I didn't come here to do this. Like, this is my <laughs> job while I'm going to work towards blah, blah, blah. I had that experience. Mm -hmm. um, it was more so like, uh, oh no, you're, you'll be great at this. Pump your brakes. I don't <laughs> want to do that. that. <laughs> what are you saying? So, um, which is flattering to an extent, but to me, it was always like, you, you didn't ask me. Like, I know you think your company is amazing, but no, no, thank you. This is not where I want to stay. So <laughs> I, I had, like I said, I had a different um, experience. Um, and I think it's, listen to what you said, I, I never didn't speak up for myself. Like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. I tell people I kind of bumblebeed. Like, I tell people I had bumblebee faith. Like, I would do stuff that I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be able to do. <laughs> and then it would just work out. Like the bumblebee aerodynamically is not supposed to be able to fly. Its body is too heavy for the proportion of its wings by all 
science, mathematical, everything. It should not fly. But you can't tell the bumblebee it's not supposed to fly because it's going to fly. And so I would do, I would just, I would be like, well, no, well, we need to do that. Like, I did not know I wasn't supposed to do things I would do, but apparently, but I would get results. And in corporate America, as you know, the dollar is what speaks the loudest. So I would do stuff I didn't know I was supposed to not do. And then it would pay off. And then they'd be like, no, keep her. She makes us money. So <laughs> I, I never had those not those kind of discriminatory experiences. Have I been, you know, racially? Ex- yeah, I've been, but yeah. I'm, I'm just a different kind. So I'll be yeah. like, oh, that's so sad for you. You're going to hell. I like, I'm not going with you. Like your hate is not going to take me to hell. That's your problem. So I do like Trevor Noah. I just ball it up with the love of Jesus. And then I throw it back. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't engage it. Um, and I learned that from my foster dad and from my faith because I, I I'm a believer as well. So, but no, I never I I I can't I can't attest it to like having some like great plan or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't say it's because I walked into every corporate job and was like, this is why. And you know I will not have these experiences. I didn't. It just didn't. It just didn't happen. I just be like, how we make the money okay, this is how we make the money. Don't ask me to compromise my ethics, but let's make this money. And then I would just make the money and they would reward me. <laughs> I also didn't work in oil and gas and I also have never lived in Texas, so. Oh yeah, Texas is a very red state. <laughs> yes, it is, um, it is a different kind of state. I used to be a Republican, so I don't poo-poo on the red. No, I'm not really <laughs> political, but like, I just feel like sometimes the red just feels so entitled it's like their way or the highway and that's how I've experienced it in um corporate America like I have been cut off in meetings like you know I had someone who wasn't even on my project who they sent to a meeting with me to try to deliver on my project that I was doing so I said you know what I'll just sit back let him crash and burn so sure enough he crashed and burned and then I was there and I swooped in and I got us back on track at the end of the meeting one of the sales managers came up to me and said hey you did a very good job like you know the client was very pleased with you but no my supervisor you know you have these Karen's of the worlds nowadays um it's like yeah he should go he should go to the meeting with you and I was like how is he going to present on my project that he hasn't even been working on. He doesn't even know, you know, the ins and the out. He doesn't know how my clients work. But I was like, okay, you know what? There there came a point where I was done arguing. I was done trying to, you know, prove my worth because I know my work speaks for itself. So I said, okay, fine, he can come along. So I went along with their little ace boo plan. And whenever he started to crash and burn, that was him looking foolish in front of the client, not me. Then I swept in and I said, okay, this is, this is where we are. This is what our projection is. This is where we need to make some process improvements and enhancements in order to get back on track, you know, bada bing, bada boom. And, you know, I carried on the meeting, asked if they had any questions and it was very, you know, down to the point, but I guess they didn't want little, little chocolate drop me to, (laughs) to be, to be seen. But you know what? I, but I tell people, you know, sometimes you just have to give people the, t- the taste of their own medicine and handle them with a long, long handle wooden spoon. So that's what I did. And it worked out in my favor. Um, yeah. I've had 
<laughs> I've had um, an executive, he, he had no direct reports, ask me, hey, what do you think people are saying about an older Caucasian male eating dinner with a young black black girl like yourself? Like, do you think people are saying anything? And I was like, well, first of all, I'm married, you're married. Um, this is business. This is not, you know, leisure. We're sitting across the table from each other. So there should be no insinuation that there is something more than just having dinner. And if not, they could just mind their own flipping business. Oh, well, yeah, see, I, that, I, I, that second attitude is probably closer to just how I carry my way through life. So I just, I don't even think about stuff like that, like but i didn't so i like I, and my my thing has always been i can't control other people's thoughts i can't control other people's reactions i can't control other people's motivations all i can control is how i respond to the situations that are presented to me and go from there if i do you wrong i'm gonna apologize if you do something on my behest i'm gonna thank you and we're gonna keep it moving because life is too short like i just don't even think that way you know so I, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that, like I said, I don't know that I've ever, I've had those instances, you know, the, the cutting off and the trying to over talk and I, I just let people hit the ground. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I don't wake up in the morning to deal with this. Like, I don't, I came, I come to my business or a mm -hmm. company to do a job. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. And if you want to engage in other activities while you're here, you enjoy that. When you're done with those activities, I'm going to still be over here waiting to get this work done. And, it's just... and that's just how I like, and, and, I, and, and I've been told I'm kind of male in the way I, because that's how most men, I guess, do things outside mm -hmm. of the politicking and the kind of, you know, good old boy camaraderie, haha, -ha, let's go to the, you know, haha, -ha, let's go yeah. to the afternoon. I don't do any of that either, but <laughs> I just get the work done, so I just, yeah, I, oh my gosh, that is crazy. I think that you handled your, that is wonderful that you handled yourself so well, and you've continued to do something that a lot of people do when they encounter those things, instead of you allowing it to stop you or embitter you, you turned it into a positive, you wrote about it, and you continue to climb and make leeway in your career. So that is amazing. That's, that's a wonderful takeaway. Is that in the book? <laughs> Part, parts of it is in the book. Awesome. Um, I, I talk about my three R's in the book, which are refuel, refocus, and realign. I think that's very important. Um, and wherever you are in life, you have to recognize when you're getting to the period of burnout. So you could check, check in with yourself and practice self-care. You have to refocus on, okay, am I on the right track? Am I where I want to be? And if not, how do I get to where I need to be? And then realignment, that comes with how do you recalibrate yourself and the rejuvenation and just getting yourself back in alignment for for you, not for others, but for you and what your future should hold. Because people love to map out your future before you can co-sign it. And then they just expect you to do as they tell you to do when, hey, this is my life and not your life. So I understand this is how you think it should go, but this is not how it's going to go. Yeah, I... I... I think my, my foster dad got a hold of me early enough. So I'll just be like, when they would be making the plans, I'd be like, we'll see. 
it'd be like, oh, oh, well, that's very flattering. Okay. Because I was taught, okay is not, the, is, okay is not agreement, it's acknowledgement. <laughs> so I'll be like, oh, okay. I'm not agreeing. I'm saying, oh, okay. And as you can see, I'm not with any of those companies. So, yeah. I'm not with Comcast anymore. No, thank you. That was not my plan. That's not why I moved here. And I'm not with any of the others. Bank of America, none of them. I'm good. So, no, thank you. But they were great experiences. And it sounds like where, where you are has given you a lot of great takeaways. And will also, for the readers listening, give them some great takeaways. So, if you are african-american or interested in reading about the african-american experience or interested in how you can be an ally yes. and come together and learn how to be able to articulate the experiences of your african-american peers in a way that those who are reluctant to see acknowledge understand or empathize with it can understand because you look like them you should check out chocolate drop in corporate america from the pit to the palace. You can get it on Amazon. If you have Kindle Unlimited, that means you can download it to any of your mini devices and or phones. Or if you actually have an actual Kindle, you can download it to the Kindle. It's also available in paperback. You can check out Genesis Amaris Kemp there on Kindle. There will be a link if you are watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on my private podcast, there will also be a link with information to be able to access it there. So thank you so much, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, for sharing your love for books with us and sharing about your first book. We look forward to hearing about your future folios. <laughs> Any parting words for the readers? I definitely want to encourage the readers out there is never judge a book by its cover. Never let people place limitations on you because you are meant to soar high and start seeing yourself where you want to go. And another thing is it's never too late for you to start a new beginning. Sometimes we have to go through those dark places in life in order for a bright future to emerge. So understand that when life throws you a curveball, that just means that you're getting ready to walk into a breakthrough and you are getting ready to soar high like an eagle. Um, make sure you read um, when you get the get the book, make sure you leave a transparent review on Amazon for me. That's how I can improve as a writer. And just let me know, you know, what you're thinking about and how you're feeling. And if you have any questions for me, you can definitely send me an email at Genesis, that's G-E-N-E-S-I-S, -E -S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp at gmail.com. It is me. I don't have an assistant, and I love to hear from the readers and listeners. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us on today's episode of We Love Books Con podcast and for sharing your first book with us. We will see you on the next episode.